Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello. Before we start this episode of the MMA Fan Podcast, we need to tell you about our sponsor, Free Train. Free Train do these fantastic running vests for you to run in, hit the bag in, and they keep your phone close to your chest. No more do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket when you run or at an awkward angle on your arm. You can keep it on your chest with easy access to your phone whenever you go training. And uh, what can the people do, Stu, if they want to get a vest? Simple. Head over to www.freetrain.com have a look see what you like and when you pop it in the basket just before you check out pop in the code MMA fan and save yourself 10% I mean don't ever let it be said we don't spoil you here on this podcast www.freetrain.com go check them out excellent stuff right on with the show Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about, Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme, or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am one half of your co-host, Blake Harrison, and joining me... As ever is. You took a big intake then and, and literally tipped your head back like you was going to introduce me. You also said that you're one half of your co-host. So you're Does that not make sense? One no. half of the co-hosts? One your half co-hosts? of the presenting duo. No, you're, you're, you are a co-host. You're not one half of a co-host. Oh. One half of point. your hosting. Good point. Yeah. Or am I? I don't One know. I can, I can only see um, you from I'm, the. I can't see you from the waist down, and I'm quite happy uh, with it. Am I some kind of? You know, am I just the physical being of Blake Harrison, and the spiritual being is somewhere else? Therefore, I am just half of a co-host. Someone's been back in the theatre. Where did all that come from? Oh, uh, the theatre, darling. The theatre. <laughs> been in the theatre, just you know, delving deep into the recesses of my mind. How's it been, just, right? You know, exploring. The inner sanctum that is my brain. Um, Back in yeah, the it's been all right, but yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, no, it's been all right, but people don't give a shit about me being on stage. Just and having doing a little catch up, work. seeing how you've been. All right, well, yeah, no rehearsals are going well. I'm enjoying it. It's good, good. fun. Um, but yeah, it, I, I want to talk to some okay. fighters. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I'm all right as well. Thanks. Um, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who are we chatting to today? We have got two guests on today, and they are brothers. They are George and Harry Hardwick. They will be competing at the Cage Warriors trilogy uh, that runs from September 30th to October 2nd. Um, we find out what day they're fighting on, 
we'll let you listen and find out what day that is. But both of them have got fights on the same night. And it's just really exciting to have two brothers fighting on that trilogy. Nice little storylines you can follow there. And uh, yeah, shall we get on with the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is George and Harry Hardwick, the Hardwick brothers. Harry and George Hardwick, hello. How's it going? All right. Going good. Same old, same old. Good, good, good. Brilliant. Harder spas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Douche spas. We call them in the gym. Well, you've just you've just finished training, have you, recently? Uh, about an hour or so ago, yeah. Right, and it was a hard sparring session, was it? I say, especially with us two, it gets a bit sort of, I don't know, dickheadish. <laughs> Are you sparring against each other rather than other people at a gym? Mixing it up, but it's like, it's when me and Harry go together. I think because there's, there's not as much of that filter. We know how much we can push each other. That we just, yeah, we just turn it in our beds against each other. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like stuff that you just couldn't get away with with other people in the gym who are your friends and that, but it's all right against your brother. Like what? Yeah, I mean, what do you mean by that? Like what? What kind of thing? Like you know, all like like borderline headbutts when you're like jockeying for position, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, mouth smothers. Uh, like you know, just like really like grinding your your forearm and like the hard bones into someone's jaw when you're attacking submissions. There, there was a one a while ago where um, <clears throat> you know because I was training for a fight and because of who was available, me and Harry just did three fives on the bounce, and he catches me inadvertently with a like an inside low kick that rides up into the groin. And he's done that inadvertently and whilst he's saying sorry. I just inside low kick him back intentionally to the groin. Because <laughs> I don't, don't want to like build this mentality of going, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you know, it's okay. I was just like, no, get it back. Boom. Do you yeah, think that that's... Yeah, a, 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 well. like, it, there was no anger. It was like, yeah, I understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> is, is it of benefit to you that the fact that there's someone in the gym that can push you that hard and treat it almost as as close to a real fight as I suppose you're going to get outside of a real fight. Does that benefit you in any way, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't injured each other much doing all this dickhead stuff either. So, yeah, so far it's been a benefit. I think when the first, like, catastrophically bad injury happens as a result of us being knobheads to each other, I think we'll probably have to, like, (laughs) assess it a little bit. But for now, it's, it's, it's great. And like, Harry being the weight class below, there still hasn't been someone who will like push me to a point of fatigue like he does. That's just his thing. He's stubborn. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I, you know, there's plenty of other people who have all the traits George does. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've we've used pushing each other on the kind of physical side of things and and taking it to a different level with the kind of mental side of fighting. Um, and and that kind of you know place that you need to have your head you know leading up to a fight and walking out to a fight and fighting is that something that you openly talk to each other about as well? Uh, well, there's not a lot going on in our heads to be honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was trying to explain this where you know our last fights on the trilogy, me and Harry were staring our opponents out with like posturing and stuff but we're not really thinking of anything at the time as I before the Truman fight I was like giving him you know staring back you know matching the energy and I was just trying not to shit myself <laughs> my guts were very bad so <laughs> like, there's nothing like there's nothing like deep going on behind the eyes really yeah with the Endoy one where I like stared at him and stalked him through the cage I that, I that looked really not- intense. That looked really intense. Oh, I felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was like, a, you know, my, my heart rate was probably a bit above normal, but um, I, I had to stop myself laughing at two things. One, when he came in the cage, like, I like to stomp the floor when I get in there. I don't know why, I just do. 
I like to stomp the floor when I get in the cage. I don't know if he he'd seen me and he was copying or it was just it's just something he does. But when he first walks in the cage and stomps the ground, his foot slips. <laughs> it looks really stupid, and I had to stop myself laughing then. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I'll just get in his face a bit. And as I got in his face, Mark Goddard separated us like I was like a disobedient child, which I also found pretty funny. Uh, so I had to like stop myself laughing a bit, to be honest. So in regards to them kind of sort of stare downs, because I, I watched that and I thought that was pretty intense. And so when people, you know, your other fighters say, oh, and I'll take, the, you know, these media opportunities i take this chance to kind of stare into them and i'm i'm staring straight into their soul and i'm you know if i win over this 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 i'm getting the mental edge over it do you not subscribe to any of that well you can you you can use that time to sort of analyze them a little bit but um preparation it's just your training so it's like you can make as much as you want to out of it but it's who's prepared better I think there's like some little reads you can make. Like when you know when I fought in Croatia, uh, that guy seemed to be very um, like timid when I was staring at him. Like just his body language was quite timid. But uh, you, yeah, it's not. It doesn't make a huge difference. Like it's, fights are almost just predetermined by that point. Uh, you just got to mm. let stuff happen. Well, let's take you back a bit. We always like to start these uh, shows by talking about how people got into to martial arts. And I wanted to know, like, because you both grew up in Middlesbrough, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, was that was that a tough place to go up, grow up in? Did you feel like you needed to to be tough to 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 grow up in Middlesbrough? Probably, but we're too stupid to realise. Uh, no, to be fair, our parents have worked quite hard, so we're in, we're in a sort of slightly nicer area um but it doesn't take a like it would take like a five minute walk and you're in places where you've got to be quite careful but i don't know uh you you literally just realized at some point when you're a teenager that you do nothing yeah i thought uh, i'll start boxing but when i googled it tie boxing came up so i did that (laughs) <laughs> there wasn't there's destiny everyone, that's destiny right there everyone Googled it and great, boxing came up these great stories where they've had to overcome some <laughs> bullying or some real issue in their life and i'll just i'd get home i'd play ps2 for six hours and go to bed and at some point i thought yeah i should probably do something <laughs> see i didn't do that i just played ps2 or three for <laughs> hours on end i didn't didn't do anything <laughs> And so when you first got into the gym, and, and, and that was Muay Thai, yeah? Yeah. Like, was that something that took a while for you to go, oh, I'll stick at this, or was that something that you enjoyed straight away? And did you feel that you had a natural ability at it? Did it come pretty easily to you? We both enjoyed it straight away, but I think we were both pretty shit for a while. Like, looking back on it now, we were the beginners that just – you know, we like sometimes we'll get annoyed with something like beginners will come into the gym and they'll just not learn for ages. But we were that, and it's like we've got to be a bit more understanding with people who are coming to our gym. We we were crap for ages, and then uh, Duncan, one of our old, you know old training partners back at the Thai boxing gym, said he remembers going away for to Thailand for a few months, and then when he come back, we'd suddenly just like learned how to learn things, and we weren't shit anymore, and uh, it sort of snowballed from there. And so, and I'm gone. Go like, you. Now, I just want to know, like, at, at what point did you get to in, in Muay Thai? Was you competing in Muay Thai before you then sort of transitioned into, you know, other martial arts? And, and, and what was that journey? Was that then? Oh, there's an MMA club there, or was it? I'm going to go and learn BJJ, or like, what was that? You know, how did that journey kind of present itself? Yeah, I think when we started Muay Thai, we want, we were doing it with the mind to get into MMA. You know, All right. Watched uh, a lot of that show Human Weapon where they go around and learn all the martial arts and stuff. So I thought oh, I want to do MMA at some point, but just got in a competing in Muay Thai at a junior level. I won the belt of some pub in Salford that's burnt down now. <laughs> Very prestigious. <laughs> and then, we didn't even know that was for a title. <laughs> yeah. we, joined, we just fought in some club in Salford, which had a gym attached to it. And then they put a belt around George's waist afterwards. He was like, 
the book. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one of our coaches went to teach somewhere where it teaches MFA, where it teaches MMA, which was Middlesbrough Fight Academy. So we just thought we'll go there. And that's been our that's been our gym since our since we started MMA. Nice. And uh, am I right in thinking? Because I think I've heard you say this in an interview that your parents aren't overly keen on you being fighters and they'd be quite happy for you to retire. Is that true? I'm pretty sure I heard you say that in an interview, unless you were maybe joking. Like, they're, they're happy that we're happy in pursuing yeah. something that we want to pursue. But I reckon if we were to just say, all right, I'm done fighting now, that, like, I don't, I think mum would be quite happy. But, I, you know, like, it's stressful for him. Uh, yeah, every like every couple of months, we just go right. We're off to somewhere and just stay somewhere for a few days and have a fight with someone and come back. But um, I think when we start telling the stories of, of just you know stuff that happens on these fight trips and just how you know people we meet and all this kind, of, I think they can start to realise why it's such a sort of attractive lifestyle to us. Yeah. Um, but our dad's just was like dead astute with what he said about it like this he's got a really sort of overly rational analytic mind for a bit of a moron and a giant child which he is but um the way he, the way he said it to me just once it was just like fight you know the the way that the payment works in fighting is a pyramid if you're not at the top of the pyramid you're not making any money so if you're in fighting that's what you want to be aiming for and then he was like oh just some other point he said you're not just in sports, you're in sports entertainment, you need to be thinking about that as well, so you're not just a sportsman, you're an entertainer as well. You know, so just quite, for someone who doesn't give the slightest fuck about MMA at all, or combat sports in general, really, that was some pretty good advice he, he gave, uh, some good analysis of what. Well, on that note of, of, of sports entertainment, I mean, being brothers, I think in some way sort of helps. I think it sort of interests people. And I wanted to know from your perspective, I mean, fans, fans seem to love it. Obviously there's the Diaz brothers and the Edwards brothers, but even in other sports, you've got the Neville brothers, you've got the Williams sisters, you've got stuff like that. From your perspective, do you feel an extra interest in you because you're brothers? And if so, why, why do you think people are interested in siblings that are in the same sport? Um, well, I suppose there's, it's like two for the price of one, isn't it? And then there's, <clears throat> there's always someone to bounce off, you know, with it. Yeah, and it, it's, it's like if you're fighting on the same show, it's the, the same surname as being said twice as much. You know, the same names being said twice as much. Or if you're fighting, you know, it's like you you end up sort of being more, fighting more regularly. I don't know. I don't know if it's your siblings when you're growing up, even if, you know, you don't, you don't grow into sports, they're still kind of like, there's still a bit of a, a rivalry with it. any siblings. It's, it's just how human beings are. I don't know if that element interests people, like... Yeah, you know, like they're, they're your first rival and your your first friend is always your your siblings, really. And it's like seeing people who essentially took that competitiveness as far, almost as far as it can go. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm overanalyzing it and waffling. No, I don't think you are. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's that's quite an interesting way of looking at uh, looking at it. You know, your sibling is your first rival and your first friend. I think that's quite eloquently put. I I, I really like that. Um, that's the and first I, I think time that... someone from Middlesbrough has ever said anything eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen Teesside Tintin. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 was... <laughs> I think the guy because there was Borough Pat as well, which was like um, Postman Pat dubbed with Borough. I think he lived down the road for a while. Really? Yeah, he lived on our, uh, our road for a while. I'm sure of it. Mum, mum knew who made it, and we got like a letter addressed to the wrong house, and it was it was that person's <laughs> name. She's like, oh. So as as but, but people gone. No, just just again to just a touch on like being brothers and that. Do you have any like noticeable differences like to approaching fighting, training, weight cut? 
Um, I think because we're physically quite different, um, we have to approach things a little bit differently. Uh, it's like, I think just because during sort of my late teens, you know, like the, the most formative years, that's when I was doing Thai boxing and I was running twice a day and I was, I was fucking starving myself to try and make weight for these Thai boxing fights. I think that's had like a lasting effect where I'm like skinnier forever. Whereas when, in George's late teens during his formative years, he was not running twice a day and he was wrestling and he was like grappling fully grown men. So I think that's, that's why there's like the, the sort of difference in build um, with both of us. So it's like George has to be a lot more on his weight sort of further out from the fight and yet you know probably has to train a bit more cardio whereas like i can almost neglect it sometimes and it's still there like i can almost totally neglect my cardio and it's just there like it's just how i am mentally in terms of like analyzing things you know there's a bit of a difference between us because i'm quite academic i've got like a degree i've got like a first in that but I've just, you know, and Harry's got, fuck all, he's got like an E in philosophy and, and rocks. and <laughs> He's got an E in philosophy and an E in geology. So it's like, he, he, can, he can ponder the existence of some fucking rocks. Yeah. But if you were to speak to us, I just try and be a bit thicker these days. And it seems to work out for me. I'd say I'm probably the, the more overthinky one. Like, if other people from the gym are fighting, I will at some point lose sleep over, like, just thinking, well, all right, they, they need to do this, they need to do this, right, we need to get this sorted, we need to do this. Like, I'm not as much like that with my own fights and with myself. Like, I think with your own fights, you've just got to just dumb it down. Like, you've almost just got to become a bit dim uh, towards fight time. Like, just, uh, I'm going to have a fight. I'm just going to scrap it. Like, uh, you, you can uh, do a lot of harm to your own performance by overthinking it. And I think just being dumb and just almost ignorant to what you're about to put your body through and just trusting your training. Because I used to be like a terrible overthinker when I was around around like university age. And I've just tried to get, just over the years, I'm trying to get to that fun level of brain damage where you're not a cabbage, <laughs> but you've just taken the edge off so you don't think about stuff too much. <laughs> oh god um well <laughs> god Stu, you can pick up from that <laughs> i want to ask you george um coming off the win uh with uh truman you shouted at the camera uh someone ordered truman a pizza what's the story behind that Oh, God. If I got a slice of pizza every time I've been asked that story since then, I'd be a very happy heavyweight. But So basically, <laughs> the the crux of it is we've rehydrated. We've done all the rehydration proper. We're having a, a nice pasta thing we've ordered in, but we also ordered in just a little pizza as well. Not like heavy on the cheese, like, uh, you know. Not- it was like a thin – there was just loads of starch and salt, which is uh- – at that point, what your body needs. And then Dean Truman comes over with some of his lads, and they're a bit snarky about the pizza, like, ah, on the pizza boy, which I didn't mind. And then they're kind of like, oh, nutritious, which I didn't mind. But then I went, well, do you want a slice? No, you're, you're, like, you're missing the fact that we were sat there, and Truman, I don't know if it, it was like s- some kid trying to fit in with the cool oh, kids yeah. at school, like poked his head between us. <laughs> You and the pizza boys, and like did this really weird, yeah. like breathe. He said, like, I always remember the tone he said it. He was like, What the fuck's your problem? <laughs> but even then, I wasn't that bothered. But then I offered him a slice and he turned it down, which is like, You know, I don't understand the mentality of turning down free pizza, especially when he's weighed in. So, so that's what's upset you the most is you've offered someone a pizza, a pizza slice, they've said no. And that's just deeply offended you. Yeah, and then, so... So if anyone the... ever offers you food, they better fucking take it. Is that what, what we're <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, it's like anyone offers me any pizza anytime, I'm down for it. You know, I don't want to do any disrespect. It's clean plates all the time in our house. Like, when we when we fought in Croatia, George got up to, like, 87 kilos because the the restaurant in the hotel kept giving us these massive, like 
baskets of this bread that they'd done in the pizza oven that they had there. That was just, it was this really nice bread, but I was cutting waste. But we couldn't like just it's not in our like mentality to leave that food. So George had to eat the entire basket of bread. <laughs> I, didn't really want it, yeah, I was quite I was quite heroic in that sense. But anyway, so I've hit him with the body shot. I shout about the pizza and what have you. And then when he's like on the floor and he's starting to come around, you know, his body's fine. I go, first thing I do is I offer him some pizza. I'm like, oh, do you want some free pizza? You know, I can, the offer for pizza is still there. I can get you some pizza. And then he just has a laugh. And that's like probably one of the last things I said to him. And then this is a weird part of the story. This is where it gets a bit strange. Um, so our coach, Peter Irving, was in our corner. And I don't know where it got lost in translation with Dan Hardy and Dean Truman. I don't know if it's the, like our accents and their accents clashing. But they thought we'd called Dan Hardy out for Pete. So, like, there was like a bit of a confrontation backstage. And Pete was like, no, look, I'm the most retired fighter that there is. I'm, <laughs> my body's knackered. I struggle with stairs. Like, <laughs> do you think I said, get this man to Peter? Get this man, Pete, sir. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just an accent thing or a, he was a, you know, obviously like Hardy would have been a bit down his, you know, it's it's rough cornering people when they get finished and you can't really like think straight. But um, yeah, just a very strange, strange thing that happened. <laughs> That is strange. I mean, well, let me ask you both about the kind of emotional impact of watching each other fight, because I, I think I've understood that both of you seem to kind of be able to deal with your own fights, maybe better than the fights of your brother. So, Harry, I wanted to ask you, I think you said that uh, before your fight at the last trilogy, you'd watch George win. And you were buzzing because you E1, but that wasted some energy for you. And then you had to kind of build yourself back up for your own fight. So I want to know how tricky was that to build yourself back up? And will you change things for the next fight? Like, will you go first rather than second or, or, or anything like that? And then, George, I wanted to ask you, you've said that, um, you know, cornering Harry can be more tiring than having your own fights. Can you talk us through, like, how difficult it is to actually corner your brother and to kind of stay professional and focused when it's your your flesh and blood in there going through this you know with particularly with that endoy fight that was quite a grueling fight yeah i think um i don't know i could have controlled it a little bit better to be fair um it was just like i got that excited because i really like body shots as well <laughs> and it was like you know you know we're we're sort of we're each other's striking coach um and it was like I had to take that left hook to the body through the body pad for, for however many weeks leading up to the fight. And it was fucking horrible. So there was that bit of, hey, that's worked. But um, I don't know. I had like a bit of a, I should have just managed it better. Or I should have not watched the fight or something. Um, I, I was aware of that coming back into the changing rooms. I didn't want to be, eh. There was like a five minute, eh, yeah. it's cool. Mm, bring the energy back down. because thing like, is, George... I don't know if he's a bit of a sociopath. When we had it the other way around and fought in um, in Milan, I fought first that time. George, was because of the way that Bellator was sort of running it, they didn't want many people in the venue. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Once, you know, fucking made no difference. We were all in the same hotel. But, um... George just watched, you know, Uncle Roger. Yeah, I was just. I was, he just didn't even watch my fight, and then no. he like, I got, I f like, I had this really stressful time trying to get back into the venue because some like, um, very intimidating looking security guards just went, "No, you'll get back on the bus," and I don't think they spoke a word of English. And I had like dry mouth from my fight, and I was fucking screaming, "No, I'm just fucking like blah blah." blah. I get, they, they 
just doing the job. But um, I managed to get back in the arena. I was like running through, like trying to find George. I get him. You know, just, uh, he's getting his hands off. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that because I was like I was scrolling through my phone. I'm having a shit. And I'm like, I see, oh, uh, Bellator Euro prelims. Oh, Harry might be fine now. Scroll past. Just, I just find some cooking videos somewhere. It's like Uncle Roger ripping in. Um, it was, there was Jamie Oliver and the other one he ripped into. I can't remember. But he was ripping into someone about fried rice because that's his stick. So how was the emotional, uh, I mean, I don't know if I need to ask, but when you were actually cornering Harry and you actually were watching his fight rather than just watching uh, things on YouTube or whatever you were watching, when you're actually cornering him, how are the emotions of that? Or are you equally blasé? See, because the last time it was I'd fought and then I'd cornered. And when I could let myself kind of get carried away with it, when I was cornering, because I didn't have a fight coming up. I just got my fight out the way. But um, I think I cornered better having already had a fight. I thought that in Milan as well. I don't know if it's like something to do with like your brain being well switched on, but I, I felt like that might be some of the best cornering I've ever done was after I'd fought. But yeah, and then after Harry's fight, because my heart just fucking sunk when he got dropped with a left hook and then he starts swinging yeah. back and he's bouncing around like, Ugh. He gets kicked in the dick and I just shout, milk it! <laughs> like the time period, not the dick, but, you know, this stressful fight. And uh, there was this... And then um, there was this this big dump. I'm walking around backstage and I just kind of, like, flop on the floor and have a little nap for about 10 to 15 minutes. I think it was one of the guys who works at Cage Warriors, Kieran, and I was like, you okay there? And I, yeah, I just, I just need to lie down. And he's like, it's quite dark. Someone might walk on you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like you weren't in that fight. That was one of the most horrendous experiences of my entire existence. Like, I, like, I can't begin to describe how tired I was going back to my stool. Well, there wasn't a stool, but just going back to my corner before the third round, I just felt like my legs didn't work. And my, I, like, no matter how hard I breathed, I just couldn't get enough air in. Because uh, Doyle's tough. And I didn't expect him to be able to like hang with the pace as well as he did. Well, I have to say, I thought that was possibly my, my, my favourite fight of the trilogy. I mean, it was an amazing performance and and it was such a, a grueling fight between the two of you and I think what really solidified it for me as probably my my favorite fight of the tournament was was after the fight the way you were kind of sort of consoling him and you had that kind of mutual respect together in the cage after the I mean he he seemed disappointed that he didn't win I have to say from watching it I thought it was clear that you did win so I was surprised that he was thinking he was going to win but I suppose it's very hard to be able to try and score fights when you're in them like that but it was an amazing fight and I wanted to ask you kind of how you felt afterwards which you've you've touched upon there but also when you get those kind of split decisions wins and 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 they are tough fights do you have any sympathy for your opponent or are you just thinking oh no I'm just fucking happy I won um well that fight it was like just it's it's like the the fight itself was that taxing. I think my blood sugar and my testosterone were probably in like minus numbers by the time the the decision was declared. So I was I was just tired. I was I was a bit confused. I didn't really know like how to score it. I knew I definitely won the second round. I was pretty certain I'd won the third, but I wasn't sure. Um, and it's just you know when George and Pete in my corner would you they. They weren't doing the thing that you see people, well, what his corner were doing, which is where they just go, oh, yeah, that's you've won that. That's your fight. Yeah, but before the decision was declared, because what's the fucking point? It's like they'd kind of, you know, and, and Doyle's a, you know, he seemed like a pretty emo- emotional guy, and he seemed like, yeah, like, okay, like they built him up. And then, like, as the decision got declared, it, it like, crashed him back down a bit. Mm. Um but I was just telling him, you know, no losers in that fight. I mean, he, it just he he fought his heart out. Like that's the, maybe the best I've 
seen him fight. And I'm not just saying that because I fought against him there, but it's like, you know, there was noticeable improvements from like, you know, there, there was the fight where he fought Kieran Clark, and then there was noticeable, like really noticeable improvements from that fight to the Corin Eaton fight. And then there was noticeable improvements again from the Corin Eaton fight to the fight with me. So it was like, like he, he was, it was good and he fought well. He probably just poured a lot of effort in and was, was disappointed. Um, so I, well, I was consoling him. Like I, I've been on the end of a like bad decision. It's, it's hard. I, you know, I don't think that was a bad decision, but it's just, I don't know. There was, was a bit backstage as well where you were like, oh, if I'm ever in France, you know. I'll, I'll... No, if I'm ever in Paris, I'll come train with you. Don't come to Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says, oh, if I come to Middlesbrough. I'll... <laughs> don't, don't. And we're like, no. no, no avoid it. And I, unless you're coming for chicken palm holes. Yeah, we've got palm holes and that's about it. The rest is a shizzle, apart from... <laughs> I was going to ask you, is that your, your go-to meal after after fights, the chicken parmo? Yeah. So, like, the pork parmo, if you get a good one, is better than the chicken parmo. But it's just very few places can actually do a good pork parmo. And if yeah, it's, and if a it, bad pork parmo is bad. It's like uh, like a leather boot with cheese on it, but the good pork parmo is really good. Yeah, we were, t- we were actually talking to um, Paddy about this, Paddy Pimlet, when we went to train at Next Gen. Because he was talking about how he didn't like Middlesbrough because one of the away games he went to was one of the times Middlesbrough managed to beat Liverpool. And it was like local, like, you know, Middlesbrough born and bred guy, Stuart Downing scored one of the goals. And then he was apparently shit when he moved to Liverpool. And I was like, yeah, well, he won't have Palmos anymore. So he'll have, he'll have lost his fuel. He'll have <laughs> lost his power. And then Paddy was like, oh, what's a Palmo? And I was like, oh, it's like, it's, it's fried breaded chicken with bechamel sauce and cheese. And now, like, Paddy was once texting him at, like, midnight about Palmos. <laughs> like, oh, I've got to try one of them. Well, we, we've just spoken um, before we've had um, this this interview with you. We just spoke to Nathan Fletcher, um, and, and he said that you boys had been there and uh, and have been training. Um I mean, what what do you? I mean, looking at the UK MMA scene at the moment, it's on fire, and and to go to next gen, like I, the the atmosphere there must have been incredible at the moment. You know, they're, they're, they've got some exciting things happening there, and just to get your thoughts really on on training there, uh, and 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 the fighters that you you know that you, you trained with there, and just does it feel? It certainly does to us. Does it feel like a really good time for UK MMA? Yeah, it it, it feels like it's it's a good time and it's getting better. Um, and honestly, with, with Next Gen, the, the vibe we got there was quite similar to the vibe we've got at Millsborough Fight Academy. Like, obviously, we've only got us two and, and another lad who was pro. So, like, they're much further on as far as, like, having a full built-up established fighting. But, you know, they're one of, like, premier gyms in the UK. They're one of the few gyms to produce from the ground up multiple UFC fighters. Um, but, yeah, it was, like... Everyone trained really well. The training was really good. It was quite interesting, um, the, set, the way that they were structuring the pro sessions. They got lots done. Um, yeah, it was class. Really good experience. Definitely want to go there for a bit of a longer trip. Like We only went there like a couple of days. We had a few lads from our gym fighting, and we didn't want to you know, mm-hmm. go off and train somewhere else for ages whilst they're preparing for fights. So... We were only there like a couple of days, but we definitely want to get a week there at least. So yeah, like a week maybe where we can, where we don't have fights coming up, where we can just focus on getting loads of good training in, loads of Casa Italia. Um, we went to an Italian restaurant, and Paddy and all that were like, "Yeah, that's the best one in in Liverpool." I like, I don't know how the garlic bread was that much nicer than other garlic. Bread. Like, it confuses me. Like, I, I I don't understand how the garlic butter was that much better. Like, I, it it blows my mind. But I would like to try more than just that on the menu. Well, like more of the menu there. I would like to maybe go on the sesh with Paddy because um, I've heard some stories of what what that's like. So maybe just stay a full week, get loads of training in, and then just have like a big weekend in Liverpool. Uh, that sounds that sounds like a YouTube series or something. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. I'd subscribe to that channel, I think. I'd try. Well, I don't know if I could last like an hour on a proper session without just thinking, oh, I need to go home and play my Nintendo Switch and have a chamomile tea. 
<laughs> I mean, whilst we're talking about Paddy, obviously we've seen him go from from Cage Warriors to you know creating an absolute storm uh, in, in the UFC, and on what a start he's made there. And we've we've seen Ian Gary's now got a fight announced, you know, going from uh, Cage Warriors, and obviously the history is, is is rich in fighters from Cage Warriors moving up into the the UFC. Is that a road that that both of you are looking to 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 sort of proceed down? Yeah, just take our time with it. No, in no rush. Uh, we'll go when we want. Um, like I'm not like clawing at it. Like off oh, the UFC, were, you know, I, I, I based on my last fight, I think I need just a, another couple of fights to sort myself out, uh, sort out a few of the mistakes. But yeah, it'll happen. Especially after all COVID, and it's been a bit of a bit of a ball. Like I just want fights consistently. I'm not. You know, sometimes I've seen people get up a bit higher in the division. Maybe they've won a belt, and then it it all just becomes about, oh, who's managing me here? Or what's the right fight to take to get into the UFC or whatever? Or they're just trying to, like, put the fights on the back burner whilst building social media. And really, I just want to fight a lot. Yeah. I want three or four fights a year at least. Well, in, in terms of oh, gone. Well, I was just about to say, I'm, I'm the same, really. It's like, I've never had more than two professional MMA fights in a calendar year. So, um, I mean, oh, they've not announced them yet, have they? Well, we're, we're on the trilogy, fuck it. So, we're on the next trilogy. So, like, this will be my third fight this year, which I'll be buzzing for, and I can hopefully get a fourth in. Um, but, yeah, like, that's, that's the year I've always wanted, really. It's just various other, like, bollocks has got in the way of it. But, yeah, so hopefully we can get 4-0 this year. Well, uh, just to put you at ease, these are all part of the Arcade Warriors trilogy special. So we knew you were on the trilogy. You haven't, like, given anything away there or anything like that. You're not going to be in trouble with Graham Boylan or anything. <laughs> but okay. uh, the, um, I wanted to know what happened with uh, with Bellator because you were part of their roster as far as I know. And then <clears throat> you wanted to say don't then, George. Uh, we weren't like signed to any multi-fight deals. They were just single fight contracts. It was just single fight. Because I was going to say, because there was, seemed to be a lot of people signed over in Europe, and then obviously the pandemic hit, and then a lot of those people then uh, were released from their contracts because Bellator couldn't do the shows over here and stuff like that. How badly were you guys hit by the pandemic? Because uh, you know you you weren't part of a necessary a lot of the other trilogies and stuff like that. Was that a very, very difficult time for you guys? Uh, I had a decent year in the pandemic year. You know, considering a lot of people had no fights whatsoever. Yeah. I had two fights on a good stage. Yeah, I just had the, the one last year, and it, and it was a loss, which was pretty shit, but just got to plow on. Um, we just sort of heard through the grapevine that, that Bellator will not be doing much Euro- European stuff. Um we just didn't know when the events were coming, so we went, Yeah. Right, let's go to Cage Warriors. Let's get these active fights in. Mm-hmm. Right, because they've proved consistently they can get your fight many times a year. If you're ready to fight, they'll get you a fight. Yeah, and it'll be a fight that makes sense. That's the main, like, the, the, the big thing with Cage Warriors is, like, we can have, like, a almost like a, a schedule in a year. Like, oh, so you're going to fight this month, this month, and this month. And it's like, ah, I can just, like, before that, we were sort of almost in limbo with fights where, you know, even with Bellator, it's like both the Bellator fights had about six-ish weeks notice for maybe, maybe a bit less. Uh, and then just after, after that small fight, it was like I kind of I wanted another fight, but then there was just no opportunities for it, which is why I ended up taking just some random short notice fight in Croatia, which was fun. Um, you know, those kind of stories are mid, but it's kind of like... We lost money on yeah, that. Yeah, we lost <laughs> so much fucking money on that fight. <laughs> like, I proper, like, yeah, and just, I came out, like, well out of pocket from that fight. Um, <laughs> why did you come out of, like, why were you out of pocket at the end of it? The, the pay was all right, but it was like, um, the PCR tests, the, the self isolation tests, all the, right. all the stuff like that. Um, so there was, it's pretty standard fare that if you're fighting internationally, they'll pay for one cornerman's flight. But I wanted Pete there, so I paid for his flights. And then, so I had to 
pay, you know, his tests. And then mainly is Stroop waffles. Because we had to, like, in you know, we had to fly back to Amsterdam. And it was like, right, well, I'm getting a lot of Stroop waffles. So I, I bought enough Stroop waffles to last me for like a, a couple of months maybe. Um, but that, that, that hit the pocket quite hard. Yeah, I was getting pizzas like four or five times a day from like, they had a brass oven type thing in the hotel. So I was trying every pizza on the menu. And I had like a tuna and olive pizza, which is mental because that's a fairly standard combo. It was like tuna, olives and onions. Um, but the olives, there was like four of them, whole olives, and they just had the pits in. So I'll, I'll go to bite in this pizza with olives on it, and they, they just were like, nah, throw the olives on. Don't take the pits out. And I nearly broke my whole jaw. The vibe I got from most of Croatia was, nah. Like, I've never been... It was during a pandemic, and it was airport security, and he kind of, like, looked at our passports a bit, and why are you here? Went, sport? And he was like... Yeah. And it was like, that was it. This is the vibe I got from pretty much everyone. Like the service was quite slow in the hotel restaurant, but it wasn't bad service. It was just, just. <laughs> I came away from cornering you and that with like quite a few hundred quid down and about ten kilos of. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was like the journey home was one of the most stressful days of my entire life because we get to the airport in Croatia. Um, to fly home and then the woman's like you need PCR test to get back in the UK I'm like we didn't know this so then we get I think it was just a lateral flow test in the airport in Croatia which lets us get on the plane to go to Holland and then we've got like six hours staying in the the Schiphol airport whatever it is in Amsterdam and in that entire time we had no idea if we were going to be allowed back in the UK we were just like I was like and then we got told we had to fill in this form that we didn't know. Then we got told we had to buy more tests for when we got home and had to do all this isolation stuff. And then when I was handing over the test that was almost certainly the wrong test, it wasn't someone from the government who was, like, looking over the stuff. It was just some poor lass who worked for the the Dutch airlines who probably just couldn't be asked dealing with all the shit Boris has made her do. So, was, yeah, that's good. And I was like, fuck that. And then Pete went missing for a bit, and then we thought he wouldn't get on the flight because he had to fill in all this stuff. And then the flight got delayed. But, but very stressful day. One of the best trips of my life. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got some good stories out of it, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was mint. You, you, and then, like, I did a, you know, George did his dickhead pizza celebration. I think the guy I fought's nickname was the Croatian Cowboy. So it was like the moment I beat him, one cowboy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> loads of people asking what that's about so no that's just going to be like a calling card of us like very specific celebrations that no one's in on I've also read uh, on one of your uh, the vlogs um, your cornerman training partner Leon uh, <laughs> compared him to Buddy the Elf yeah he, what's, what's the deal with that oh he's a very like I don't know he's just not seen much of the world um, you know, he, he is from like genuinely is from one of like the roughest parts of uh, Middlesbrough. It's called Doggy. Like, there's multiple reasons why. Some people say it's called Doggy because there used to be dog fighting. Some people say it's just because the field does shit like a dog. But he's from Doggy, um, and it's it's proper rough. But I don't know. He's just this proper big kid. But he's that was like one of the first times he's been at like like a big proper city. It was when we went to London, and when we got off the train. We were saying, you know, if you say all right to someone, you know, now then, how are you doing? They're just going to give you an evil stare. So when we walked up and down the street, he was going, all right, mate, all right, mate. And there was just all these southerners just absolutely disgusted at him. It's okay. Off at this. Keep going. Like asking all these. Oh, he's, he's classly. Like genuinely, he. A lot of people think he's he's quite daft, but I think he's a bit like Carl Pilkington. Like he just sees stuff differently, uh, and like the way he sees stuff is funny. But genuinely, like he will be, like you know, he will be someone in fighting. Like he's yeah. he's really good at learning how to fight, and he's mint at fighting. And it, it, he had his debut shortly after that, so he actually 
he'd cornered us at a professional level before he'd even met, we'd cornered him at an amateur level. But um, he, had, he had his debut and the, the guy he fought sold like hundreds and hundreds of tickets. So Leon just started swearing at all the people, like he just started sticking his middle finger up out the cage at the hundreds of people <laughs> booing him. Uh, he started showboating in the fight. He took the guy down and then started like repeating the guy's corner advice to him. Like the guy's corner was saying, get your hand on his head. He's like, oh, get your hand on his head, get up your pussy. <laughs> oh, you can't get up, you can't get up. And then like afterwards, like did a proper awkward handshake with the guy. Goes back to the warm-up room and he's like, like just capitulated on the floor. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have talked to him. I couldn't breathe. I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, heads are hard. Because he hurt his hand a bit. Bringing him along to this one. This next Yeah, one. yeah. We'll, like, we'll bring him along. It's good we couldn't like show him more of London because he was still like wide-eyed and amazed by just the view from out of the hotel window. <laughs> but it's like... We've got to like show him like Buckingham Palace and all all the touristy bits because like just even in the taxi when we were driving to the hotel he was like, <laughs> look at that! Oh my god, <laughs> there's a thing! Oh, like <laughs> 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 What did he say? We you you lost the sound of it. What did you say? What did he said he was like. These taxis all look like fake taxis. <laughs> These taxis all look like fake taxis. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we've got our next guest lined up. We want to get him on the show. He sounds brilliant. Yeah, we'll bring him along to the next trilogy. He'll be at the next trilogy with us. Uh, get some open yeah, yeah, so I can show him a bit of London the day after. Um, if I'm not absolutely shattered. Because, like, after the last fight, it was... It was a difficulty just like moving the next for the next week. I was just shattered. I was fucked. Um, so hopefully I get a much easier fight, um, and then I can show Leon some more of London because then he will go like I think if we show him like booking a palace, he'll go full buddy the elf there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing is though, he's like he's from so he he's quite like a I don't know if this term's like translates, but he's quite like chewy. He's quite like. He can be confrontational when he needs to be because he's from like a rough place, but he's that. And he's also this like really sort of happy, excited kid. I don't know. He's, he's like, Joe, you've obviously seen Bottom, haven't you? He's like Richie and Eddie. If, they're, time, if yeah. they're the same person, he's like, if Richie and Eddie became the same person, he's kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> very, oh, amazing. We, we know we're, we're coming up on uh, uh, towards the end now. I wanted to ask you guys um, how you feel about social media because obviously it's a big part for fighters in terms of like building their brand and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of negativity that can come from social media as well, particularly for fighters as as they you know grow with their following and all that stuff. You get people you're about to fight fans telling you you're going to get knocked out and all that stuff and social media in general for a lot of people can be quite a negative place but a lot of fighters you know they, they kind of need it to build their their brand and 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 to eventually get bigger purses for fights and stuff like that so what are your thoughts on social media do you see it as a positive thing or a negative thing we can both go ages without posting anything just because we forgot and then sometimes it feels like a bit more like effort to post more stuff. But I just think yeah. all these kickboxers and stuff I follow, like the these Japanese guys like Takeru and Masaki Noiri and stuff, I just think, oh, what should I post? What kind of stuff do they post that I like to see? Oh, it's like the training stuff. That's all I'm really interested in. It's like the fight clips and the training clips. So I'll try and post more like that. And on the subject of like trolls and haters, I, I like that's mint. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that. Like I was getting a few. Dean Truman's gonna knock you out, pussy. Uh, and then I just text him back after the fight. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. I love that. What did he say? He said he bet like three hundred euros or something on Dean Truman. Uh, and he hadn't even watched the fight. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got, I got loads of because um, my first Bellator fight, I got a really bad cut on my head, which kind of like got a lot. Of, you know, it was 
very sort of gory and dramatic looking. So like Bellator put a little highlight of the fight that got like 750,000 views or something. So I was just looking through the, like the positive comments, like I kind of just scrolled past, but it was the negative ones that were, were what I enjoyed the most. It was like, oh, this skinny white pussy has no power. Well, how He does not even win. He falling. And I was just like, uh, and then I was scrolling and I'd find another one. Uh, the best one is someone sent us a message like translated. Um, oh, the Croatia was, fight. Yeah. From the live chat of Harry's Croatia fight, someone had translated a message. And uh, when it translated into English, it was just... Looks like the love child of a brother and a sister. A classic Englishman. No other way to be honest. Like, I love that. Like, mint. Like... Yeah, you've made you've put a smile on my face. Like I want more abuse. Yeah, we appreciate like a, a well done. You know, a few fire emojis and a fist and a thumbs up and stuff. But some ridiculous insult is always way more fun. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, um, I guess all we need to say is thank you so much for your time, gents. Uh, it's it's been. It's been incredible. It's been, honestly, I can't wait for more people to find out about you. I think, like, that collectively, it's so interesting. The, the dynamic there's brilliant. Uh, and there's some comedy gold that, that, that presents itself. And the fact that you do what you do when that octagon door closes, like, it's exciting. And honestly, thank you so much for your time tonight, gents. Thank you for all the kind words there, man. Yeah, no, thanks very much, guys. And best of luck at the Cage Warriors trilogy. We don't know who you're fighting yet. It hasn't been announced, and we don't know what day you're on yet. But best of luck for the trilogy. <coughs> Saturday. <laughs> yes. We'll see you there. <laughs> we'll see you there, guys. All the best. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks, really. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, there you go. The Hardwick brothers, uh, Harry and George there, that are going to be fighting as part of the Cage Warriors trilogy on <coughs> Saturday. <coughs> Saturday. Um, but that was a really interesting chat. That's the first time that we've, I think, I mean, obviously we've done the post-fight shows and stuff with, with Pip or pre-fight shows with, with Pip and Brian. Yeah. But that's like a collective chat. This is the first time we've actually interviewed like a duo. Yeah. And it was quite interesting. It was quite fun. Definitely. To see the sort of dynamic between the brothers and you know obviously you, you mentioned the Diaz brothers uh, and, and the Edwards brothers and stuff and and when we got asked you know um, if in the lead up to, to Cage Warriors we speak to the Harbit brothers we was like yep absolutely Let, let's do it this would be an interesting you know new thing for us to speak to brothers and it doesn't take long before you realise that that one's got more to say the other one's the more sort of darker brooding brother that's you know a, a, a yeah. less less kind of um, more choice with his words and and it just makes for a really sort of interesting dynamic and and I was just loving watching their little kind of sort of side eyes to each other and that as as and and, and what annoys them and and yeah and and, and just the stuff that, that they were coming out with really was making me chuckle and I still don't know if they were trying to make us chuckle or not I think they I think they're actually very, very funny people and I think they know and I think George in particular is someone that he no, I think he's a clever guy and he knows he's saying funny things but he delivers it so dry. Mm. Um, but I think it's great. I think you know the two we we've got the, the Edwards brothers, we've got the Diaz brothers. I mean it, it's something that is it happens in MMA, it happens in sport, and I do think there's something really interesting about watching brothers in this sport and uh, and the, the, the difficulties of cornering each other but the wanting to be there and then the the, the emotional difficulties of uh, well particularly for Harry of watching George fight George on the other hand just not bothering watching Harry fight <laughs> was, uh, was quite good I love that all he took from that trip the thing that blew his mind the most and it moved him the most was the fact that they put four olives with, with pips in on his pizza and I love that it blew, absolutely blew Harry's mind that there was some really good garlic bread in Liverpool how do they get the garlic butter that good 
But yeah, there you can say, you know, two great characters there. You can watch at the Cage Warriors trilogy, people we can all get behind and enjoy watching their fights. And as fighters, they are great. I mean, I wasn't lying that, that Harry Hardwick's fight against Endoy at the last Cage Warriors trilogy was an amazing fight. It really, really uh, was great. If you've got a UFC Fight Pass, or I don't know if you'd be able to get it elsewhere. I'm not condoning uh, doing any illegal streaming, guys. But go on to the Fight Pass if you've got Fight Pass and get that Endoy versus Hardwick fight up. That was a really good fight. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, let's look forward to the Cage Warriors trilogy and then fighting on that on Saturday night. I think it's going to be brilliant. I think that's also the night where the uh, vacant flyweight title, I think, is up for grabs. Creasy versus Shanks in that one. And yeah, and so if this is your first time listening to us, please go and check out the uh, the back catalogue where we've got other Cage Warriors uh, uh, fighters like Nathan Fletcher and Paul Hughes on this uh, week of specials for the upcoming trilogy. But we've also chatted to Nathan Fletcher previously before, along with Matt Bonner, who won the Cage Warriors middleweight title recently uh, prior to the last trilogy. Uh, And obviously Graham Boylan as well, the head honcho himself, uh, the main man, president of Cage Warriors, Graham Boylan. We chatted to him before the last trilogy and we will be chatting to him before this trilogy as well. Absolutely. And if you like some uh, some larger than life characters, then go check out our chat with uh, former Cage Warriors champ uh, Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. Uh, there's two episodes with Paddy on there. Uh, another Cage Warriors success story that off the back of the last trilogy is now signed to the UFC. Hilariously fun, energetic episode with the legend that is Ian Gary. Go check that out. I know that's been one of your all-time faves so far, Blake Harrison. It has. I mean, he sung Grease Lightning yep. on the show. It yep. was a brilliant moment. It's a moment <laughs> I'll, I'll love forever. And I think Ian Gary is someone that will, the ceiling's incredibly high for. I've said yeah. that about a few fighters recently, but Ian Gary, there's a lot of buzz around Ian. He's making his debut at Madison Square Garden yeah, uh, in, what, like a couple of months or a month or something like that. So that's going to be incredible. He's made the move to Sanford MMA as well. He's training with the likes of Gilbert Burns, Vincente Luque, Derek Brunson. I mean, the guy... I think he's going to be an absolute beast. Um, and then on top of that, we've got the other kind of creme de la creme of, of, of British MMA. We've got Paul Craig, an episode of Paul Craig, Arnold Allen, Brett Johns, Jack Shaw, who had a fantastic win on September 4th and, uh, you know, should be fighting his way into the bantamweight rankings at some point soon. Uh, in the UFC Mark Goddard um, Mark Goddard obviously we expect to see Mark uh, I imagine uh, in the octagon refing at the trilogy he was there at the last one and obviously you know refing some of the biggest fights not just in uh, the UK and Europe but obviously uh, UFC legend now right you know I'll be as far I'll go as far as to say he's a UFC legend is Mark Goddard incredible referee um, great chat with him we, we, we really go in on that that chat as well another former Cage Warriors legend another former UFC legend uh, we chatted to Dan Hardy and, and what a chat oh. that was as well incredible insight into the mind of a, a you know an MMA an MMA legend and, and just getting into that kind of you know how his mind is he's, 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 a, he's a pretty beautiful thing to behold and, um, and when he starts chatting it's like like you know when we finished that chat we both said that could have gone on for three four hours it was just so easy wasn't it and, and just so interesting Absolutely. And then on top of that, I've got one of the most respected voices in the MMA game, Sean Sheehan from uh, Severe MMA Podcast, who uh, it was a great chat with him talking about how he got into MMA and also just MMA, the sport in general, what's going on with it now uh, and how, how he best covers the sport and also scoring and the judging criteria and stuff like that is a lot of people out there that will watch MMA fights and score them incorrectly because they don't fully understand the judging criteria and we get into that a little bit with Sean Sheehan and that's a really good chat as well and then we've got the the, the amazing kind of champions and former champions like Alexander Volkanovsky who by the time this goes out hopefully would have just beaten Brian Ortega can I be biased I'm going to be biased yeah, I want him to of win we can of course uh, we want him to win and then uh, Tyron Woodley as well who sadly didn't get the job done against Jake Paul but he's still a fantastic guest that we've had on the show and then all of the uh, fight or flight episodes with people like Lee Mack James Arthur uh, Emily Head from The Inbetweeners Laura Checkley from King Gary 
Uh, any others I'm missing there? Angela Hill, um, Jojo oh, Calderwood. Angela Hill. Um, Jojo Calderwood. Oh, there's, there's loads. I mean, we could keep rabbiting on. The easiest thing to do is just go over uh, wherever you get your podcast and have a little look. And just while you're there, click subscribe. And if you're feeling really generous, then leave a little comment. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Drop us a message on there. Let us know who you'd like to see us, you know, chat to. Um, and if you like watching us, um, then it's really easy to do that now because we've got a YouTube channel so you can watch all of the episodes now over on our YouTube channel um, or just keep listening on your uh, on your podcast as you have been doing for, for so long and, and for doing that just a big thank you because this podcast has, has grown into uh, something that I don't think you know Blake and I imagined it ever would when we said should we just have a chat about MMA we did not think we'd be having the conversations with the guests that we've just spoken about so yeah just an opportunity to say cheers really yeah Thanks very much, guys. Very much appreciated. Now, please, go on with your day. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Fly high. Fly Prosper. high. Prosper. I don't know what we're doing now. Yeah, no. <laughs> See, See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs>